Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi Strawberry slid right into my Taste Buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to August 10th edition of the Athletic Hockey Show, the Wednesday Roundtable Edition. I am Rob Pizzo from CBC Sports, joined as always by Jesse Granger, who's in Vegas. How are you, Jesse? Doing well, enjoying August. No hockey to be seen in any direction. <laughs> Not, well, we'll talk about the, a tournament going on that a lot of people are kind of ignoring right now, but we'll save that for later on in the show. And Sarah Sivian, who is in Beantown. How are you, Sarah? I'm good. Just in Boston. I was going to say, Jesse, the World Juniors are on. Come on. <laughs> Why would people be ignoring the World Juniors this year? Is there something going on that um, has maybe upset people? Or the fact that it's also, like I said, off the top of the show, uh, August the 10th. Um, we'll get to that. We got we got a lot to get to, including, obviously, big news this week. The Bruins um, signing a couple very familiar faces in Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci. Uh, so we're going to talk to Billy Jaffe who's, of course, a studio analyst on Nesson and the host of the Morning Brew podcast. Uh, we'll get his opinions on, obviously, the Bruins going for one more, guys. Uh, but we'll save that for segment number two. Um, the first, let me count them, three stories I got here involve uh, the Carolina Hurricanes and the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, whoever could we talk about with these uh, <laughs> two co-hosts that I have here on this amazing show every single week? Uh, let's start with Max Pacioretty. Um, now a Carolina hurricane after that deal, uh, with a whole boatload of stuff going the other way to Vegas, right? Jesse, the, that fantastic hockey player called future considerations. Uh, well, he tore his Achilles. He's got to have surgery and he's going to be out six months prompting one Sarah Sivian to quote, tweet it on Twitter and say the two words. Oh no. So other than, Oh no, can you elaborate a little <laughs> on what you thought when you saw this, Sarah? Yeah, um, really low effort August here. But yeah, <laughs> the first thought is that sucks. The second thought is obviously L they can use LTIR. They didn't have much <laughs> other than future considerations going the other way. So it's like they can go out and find somebody else to replace the replacement, right? Um, and then he can come back and it's like a trade deadline acquisition. Yeah, it just sucks for Max. I mean, he cannot stay healthy. And and a lot of people were wondering why the Golden Knights chose him um, in terms of needing to make a salary cap dump. Obviously, they have several big contracts that they could have traded. And I really do think that that was the biggest reason is the last two seasons, Pacioretty has been constantly injured. Um, even when he's on the ice, he's playing through things. It's It's been different. It hasn't just been one injury that's reoccurring. He just 
for what it's almost always lower body. For some reason, he just can't stay on the ice. So I think if you're Vegas, you look at it and you say, okay, well, I guess this is why we chose to sign Riley Smith to a long-term deal and, and sign Nick Waugh to a long-term deal rather than bring this guy back. But at the same time, um, I did see some some Golden Knights fans on Twitter yesterday almost not taking a victory lap, but almost saying like, yeah, we made the right choice. And it's like, <laughs> well, they still gave Dylan Coghlan to Carolina for absolutely no reason. So um, <laughs> not definitely not a loss for Carolina in this trade. They got Dylan Coghlan for nothing. Um, and like Sarah said, Patch Reddy will be ready for, for the All-Star break or somewhere around there. Um, hoping for a quick recovery for Max. That guy, he just is snake bitten right now with the injuries. I've just seen some people speculate that he got hurt before the trade, and that's not true. I mean, he has been, I hate this term, but injury prone. That's true, and that's a good like risk analysis on Vegas to trade him. But at the same time, he was not hurt before right. this. He was practicing in Raleigh, so just for the record. There is no way that trade goes through if he... <laughs> tore his Achilles yeah. tendon. Yeah, this like, is not like on. a sprained ankle. An Achilles tendon yeah. is a major injury. And you mentioned his history, guys. Um, let me just run down some of his transactions here. Missed 17 games with a broken foot. Missed 10 games with a wrist injury. Missed four games with a lower body injury. Missed 12 games with a, quote, undisclosed injury. But Jess, you followed him, obviously, closer than maybe me and Sarah did. Would you say he's a player who, when healthy, is still super effective or... When he is actually on the ice, does it look like somebody who's been injury prone over the last couple of years? Well, when you say when he's healthy, when you say if he's healthy enough to play, to me, to me, Max Pacioretty, there there are some players that even when they're hurt, they can still be very effective. Uh, Max Pacioretty, to me, is not one of those players. I think when Pacioretty's playing with an injury, he looks like he's, he's playing with he he's looks off, like he's yeah. playing with an injury. During his time in Vegas, when he has been truly healthy and he's on the ice, he's point per game player. Um, I think he's the best offensive player on Vegas when he's fully healthy. But and I'm not talking like I'm talking no Knicks, no nothing. When he is good <laughs> on the ice, he is excellent. Um, they just it just hasn't happened enough the last couple of years for Vegas. I mean, especially the last two playoff runs, he's missed the start of the playoffs and then just not looked himself in the playoffs because he was coming back from those injuries. It's just like I said, he's got a lot of miles on him. He's not that old, like in terms of just like his age, but he's got a lot of miles, a uh, lot of hockey on his body. And, and it's kind of showing. Sometimes 33 is super old when you've been injured that much right. over the last uh, couple of years. Uh, sticking with the Canes, Martin Natchez signs a two-year, $6 million deal. If you remember back in the 2020-2021 season, he had 41 points in 53 games. He had 40 points last season in 78 games. Uh, Sarah, obviously, I'm going to start with you here. What do you think on of this deal? Yeah, there's a lot going on here. This is what I thought was going to happen, as I said, on theathletic.com, um, a short bridge deal. I think that's a very reasonable price on both ends. Um, obviously, the Trochak tra trade led the way for that. And I think it's an interesting case with Martin. I would like to see him maybe go somewhere else and take off because I think that the Canes are kind of paving the way for Kokaniemi to be that second line center no matter what because of the price that they spent and the investment they put on him. And I think that's kind of strained their relationship with Martin. Um, but two more years, see what happens and trade if necessary, right? But he's been... He's having a down year last year, but part of that is because they're putting him on the fourth line and expecting him to do things. Like, I don't think they've been that fair with him, to be honest with you. Like, there was a stretch last season where he scored four goals in a, four games, and they put him on the fourth line again. It's like, it's kind of tough with him, and they told him 
a few years ago to buy a house in Raleigh and that he can he's going to make the NHL and then he scored his first goal and they put him back to the AHL for the whole season for a sliding contract. So they've kind of done him wrong. I'd like to see him have a great year this year. And uh, Jesse alluded to this earlier, while signing an extension with Vegas, five years, 15 million bucks. Your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I've kind of expected this one for a while. Um, I wrote a couple weeks ago saying, um, I expect Wa to sign somewhere around th- uh, five years, three million a year. Uh, Might have had a hint that that deal was done a while back, but they were kind of <laughs> wait. They were waiting for Colasar's deal Don't to get tell announced. People that, but just make that's, it that's, sound like you're that's a why you should. And you can, that's why you should read the Athletics so you can see my great predictions. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but. For Wa, it's it's kind of funny. It reminds me. I don't think he's the the quite the caliber of player that Natchez is, but a lot of the things that Sarah mentioned there um, kind of ring true for Wa. Also, like I feel like his where he gets put this year is going to have a lot to do with where his development is. I mean, Nick Wa is a guy who the last three years obviously came from Carolina um, in the trade for for Eric Hall a couple years ago. In his three years in Vegas, he's basically doubled his time on ice, his production, everything. Every year, like he went from 10 points to 15 points to 40 points last year. And um, he's he's gotten a lot bigger responsibilities. The, the question is, last year, he filled in as a top six guy because they had so many injuries. Uh, when Riley Smith was hurt, Nick Waugh played up with William Carlson and Jonathan Marcheseau on what was pretty much the top line at the time. Um, now that all those guys are back healthy, does Waugh go back to being a third, fourth line center and, and not really getting those offensive opportunities? Because to me, he's a young player. He's only 24. He's, he skates really well for how big he is. He's got good hands and close. I think he has the potential to be a 20, 25 goal guy. Um, he, he scored 15 last year. That was his career high, but I think he's got 25 goals in him. The question is, will he get the ice time and the line mates to, to be able to do that? I think if he does, then this deal is going to be a steal for the Golden Knights. Three million a year. Three million a year. I think he can way outproduce that. But I could also see him getting resi- kind of resigna- designated fourth line guy and and playing nine minutes a night. And you're not going to score 25 goals playing nine minutes a night. It just doesn't matter who you are. So um, it's it's interesting. I think I think there this could go multiple ways. And I think it's going to come down to opportunity and and obviously new coach coming in and Bruce Cassidy. We don't know what he thinks of Wah. Um, that might have had something to do with with this deal. I don't know, but I it's going to be interesting to see where Nick Wah's progression goes from here because I really like him and I think he's got a, a, a good ceiling if he gets the right chances. Speaking of ceiling, um, let's talk salary cap for a minute because that's just the nature of what we do in hockey nowadays. I, I kind of sometimes miss the old pre-2005 days where you just talked about trades and said, this player for this player, who's better? Who won the trade? But now it's all about the cap. And uh, according to Cap Friendly right now, 13 teams are above the salary cap. Their cap number is red. Tampa Bay, uh, in a shocking turn of events, $7.1 million over the cap. You've got Washington, Edmonton, Vegas, all $5 million or more uh, over the cap. <clears throat> of course, teams can get creative. We, we know about LTIR. You can bury contracts here. You could have other teams retain salary uh, who are no longer on the team. It's already been a wild, wild, crazy offseason, guys. But teams still have a lot of work to do. And I know we joke that it's August 10th and it's not really hockey time. But there's a lot of work to do before that puck drops and they've got to get under the cap. Are we going to see some more, let's call it craziness, just for these teams to get under that number? Jesse? Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because I feel like for a while there, it was like, oh man, these teams with all this cap space are going to get so many draft picks for for taking these contracts off. Like we, we thought Arizona, I mean, Arizona kind of did last year. Um, Seattle, 
still waiting on them to weaponize that cap space. I I was told I was told <laughs> yeah, we're waiting. I was told that that was the plan, and I've yet to see it happen. So maybe they're maybe they're out there trying to do something. Um, I don't know. Maybe they're just not going to and just continue on with their terrible ways. But I. I, I like I, I agree with you, Rob. It seems like there need to be some moves made, and it seems like there are teams with plenty of cap space that could use some draft picks or some prospects um, to help these teams out. But I, I don't know. We're still waiting. We'll see. Sarah, do you expect one? Yeah, I don't know. It's been kind of weird. I, it is like it's just so silly. Like to your point, to sit here and talk about it because it's like I, I just want the cap to raise. It's I know yeah. the PA is part of the reason why it's not raising yet. They had to kind of secure the pandemic money and stuff, but it's just kind of like, we gotta, we gotta raise the cap because we're doing all this mental gymnastics right now. But I do, of course things have to happen. Like what else? What's the other option? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we're not talking a couple of bucks over the cap with some of these teams, five plus million dollars. You need to do some gymnastics. I totally agree with Rob that it's getting tiresome. It sucks that it sucks that like I I had this conversation when we were in Montreal and we were all together and I was like talking to people and I'm like, man, I'm so jealous that you get to write about the the roster, whoever it is that that writes at the athletic. I'm like, you're so jealous. I'm so jealous. You get to write about this team needs a a power forward that can fit in on the top six, like actual hockey analysis. Meanwhile, I'm over here like running algorithms like, well, they've got two and a half million. Once they play this guy on LTIR, that'll open up this, which will give them enough. Oh, this guy's got a signing bonus. They're not going to be able to. It's like literally all I do is is math trying to figure out the salary cap numbers, especially with Vegas. Uh, Obviously, they're not the only team in that situation, but I cannot wait for the salary cap to finally start going up. These GMs, when they signed all these deals, they're projecting at when they sign them that Four years from now, the cap's going to be X amount. It's obviously not there, and it's screwing up a lot of plans. And we do a lot of things like, well, if if this pans out in years six and seven, this is going to be a steal. I mean, you said it with Watt like not ten right. minutes ago, uh, which is just it's strange hockey talk. And then and then you've got deals like what, what Boston did. As I mentioned, we're going to talk more about it in the second uh, half of the show with Bergeron and Krejci. And those guys left just a boatload of money on the table to help the team win. And I even had to do a little digging with performance bonuses because I was thinking, well, in what situation can you do a performance bonus and it doesn't count against the cap? And in case you're listening to this and you don't know, uh, basically a team can offer 7.5% of the cap in bonuses, which works out to just over 6 million bucks. And it only applies in one of three situations. One, entry-level contract. Two, a one-year contract for a player returning off the LTIR. Or number three, players 35 or over signing one-year deals. That's the only time you can have those performance bonuses, and we saw Bergeron and Krejci take that. As I was doing that research to double-check for this show, I'm thinking, that's where it really hit me. Like, man, hockey talk is, <laughs> has changed because this is this – is, it's interesting and it's crazy, but here we are in 2022. I mean, the salary cap was implemented after the lockout in 05, and we're still having to, to, to figure this stuff out. Like or dislike, Sarah? Loath. Some of these rules are so kind of ar- like not so arbitrary, but sort of arbitrary, right? Like after this age, you can have a bonus. It's like they're bending over backwards to justify where the cap is I, sometimes. And it, it is all these hidden rules. Like I talked to one guy in one front office who one of his main jobs is to just sit here and look for loopholes in, in these rules because there are so many that you can use. There's plenty that's bad about the cap. And like, obviously, 
us talking money with every contract that's signed and every trade that happens is one of them. But I, it, it does, it does have like, it is kind of working. I mean, you, I, like I, I've, I was just talking to somebody the other day and it was like, yeah, back before the cap, it was Dallas, Detroit and Colorado in the West. And if you're not one of those three teams, why even show up? Why, why are we even here for this season? Because it was clearly going to be one of those three teams at the end of the season. And I don't think we're there right now. Like I, I the salary cap has worked in terms of we're getting more turnover in the playoffs. We're getting, different teams coming up where you're seeing the cap like Tampa Bay, for example, if there was no salary cap, they would still have Johnson and all, like that whole third line. They'd be unstoppable. No one would yeah. ever beat that team. They would just be, they would, they'd be on their fourth cup in a row right now. Well, and the nobody would ever be. a few years back too. Right. right. Like, same sort of thing. Right. So the, to me, the salary cap is slowly speaks. chipping away at Tampa, making them yes. beatable. But to me, it speaks to a larger issue. Why isn't hockey more popular in the States, right? Because if it was more popular, there'd be more revenue all around. People could get these bigger deals. At the same time, do you want the Golden State Warriors situation? I don't know. I don't, but I don't want to mess with, like, I don't want to, the hands of God, you know, to be too into my hockey. I will say this. Every time I have to do one of these deep dives into the CBA and figure out exactly what's going on, I understand how you could lose an entire year in negotiating a new CBA. You know, I remember in 0405 when they lost mm-hmm. the year and people kept saying, well, lock yourselves in a room and come out tomorrow with a deal. Are you kidding me? Like, look at the <laughs> fine points of this document. It's, mm-hmm. it's insane. It gets right down to things like after you've played X amount of games, you get your own hotel room and you get your own this and that. And it's, it's, it gives you a headache. But like I said, sometimes I just long for the days of good old fashioned, like Jesse said, hockey talk. Speaking of gold fashioned hockey top, Nazem Kadri still hasn't officially signed anywhere. Uh, the reports are everywhere that he is either agreed to or close to agreeing to a deal with the Islanders in the range of seven by seven. Um, I said it was a wild off season. So I'm going to tread cl- very cautiously here, guys. Like we also thought, that Goudreau was going to New Jersey. We also thought that Kachuk was going to St. Louis. We all but said those things were done. But Nazem Kadri in an Islander uniform. Your thoughts, Jesse? I think he fits um, what they do there. I think they they play a good 200-foot game. I feel like Kadri obviously is that. I think he can bring a little more offense to a team that, that needs it. Um, I don't know if I'd be wanting to sign him 7-by-7. Seven seven. I've said this from the very beginning of the offseason, that that guy coming off that year... Uh, surrounded by that kind of talent, I don't. I'm not a believer that he's gonna that he's gonna continue that. I don't think he can be a seven million dollar player, but I do think I think a Long Island's a good spot for him to land. I don't know about that number, Sarah. Yeah, it's far too long of a contract. But what are you gonna do? You said it all there. Yeah, and, and but that's that's why players miraculously have those fantastic years when they yes. are a UFA. Yeah. They just it's one of those crazy things. You're like, really? So you can do it. <laughs> what happened in years two and three of that seven-year deal? Uh, but he's going to get paid either way. We'll see if it, this officially happens. August 10th, guys. I, I bring it up every single week. We were worried that Nazem Kadri was going to sign on dead on the, the free agent day before our show went on <laughs> online. And here we are, August 10th. Still hasn't happened. And still hasn't happened for P.K. Subban, Phil Kessel, Paul Stastny, uh, Sonny Milano. It's, it's, it's just crazy. Um, but two guys that did sign contracts, Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci. Uh, very, very cheap contracts. And we'll talk to Billy Jaffe, Bruins studio analyst from Nesson after the break and the direction of the Boston Bruins. So don't go anywhere. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, 
Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Don't just ride the index. Seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. All right, guys, like we talked about in the first segment, Bruins making some noise, keeping the band together, getting the band back together, whatever you want to say, Bergeron and Krejci signing one-year deals. And to talk about that, we're going all the way to Prague. Billy Jaffe, studio analyst for Nesson, joining us. How do we have four people here? We're talking Bruins. Sarah's in Boston and you're in Prague. What are you doing over there? Oh, you know, I'm hunting down pasta and Krejci. That's what I'm doing. (laughs) I mean, you know, I'm the intrepid reporter on the road i'm actually here coaching a youth hockey team because youth hockey never sleeps so rests and um it's an event that they thankfully have again my fourth time doing it called the czech challenge or i think they call it now the czech lions cup it's fun just a good good thing for the kids hockey culture have a good time Kids come all the way here to play knee hockey. Gee, we could have gone to Fond du Lac, Wisconsin, for crying out loud, you know, to do that. But uh, anyways, no, all good. And uh, coincidentally, yeah, Bruins make some noise with a couple of big signings. And now all eyes turn to another, to David Pasternak, another check, you know. Is he going to sign the mega deal soon or not with the Bruins? Well, before we go to pasta and before we go to mega deal, uh, just your thoughts on, on the Bergeron and Krejci deals, because obviously you look at those numbers, boy, do they leave a lot of money on the table to, to help this team go one more time? Yeah. Um, the team needed it. I think that's pretty obvious. If they didn't have those two coming back, that would be a, a scary proposition for this team. Um so both of these players are as advertised. Um, I, I know some of you, if not all of you, have dealt with these guys in the past. You know, I say all the time, Patrice Bergeron is like Nick Lidstrom, can't stand him. He's, he's perfect, you know. He's good-looking, well-spoken, uh, very cordial, kind, sweet. You may not always get the sparkling quote out of him, but it's always fair, you know what I mean? And he's, he's like, perfect. It's disgusting. And, 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 and he's just, he's a Bruin. He is, he's, he's, you know, it's a, it's a Bruin, one big Bruin tattoo is what he should have because that's what he is. And quite honestly, it's the same thing for Krejci. Krejci doesn't get the same overt love because his personality is a little different uh, because he's, he's an awesome interview actually when I don't say off the record, but like, when you're sitting down at the locker off the out of the scrum and um, he says things that can be sharp tongued, but honest and fair and awesome. And I, I think guy's great. And he probably hasn't gotten enough credit uh, for how good he is. So therefore, you know, some people, 
you know, don't always, you know, give him, I think, the respect he deserves. But the team, long-winded way of saying the team really needed these guys for at least this year, maybe even one more, to be honest with you guys, because, you know, I don't know what what they're going to do without these guys if they retire after the year. And, uh, yeah, the money, look, I, I, you never look into anybody else's pocket. These guys have enough. But that doesn't mean that they don't deserve more. I think they just said, we don't want to play, literally, we don't want to play anywhere else. We're going to stay here. We both have enough money where we don't need to work for a couple of couple of years at least. Billy, you, you mentioned he's a Bruin. It seemed like he was staying there the whole time. It was either going to be in playing for the Bruins or not playing at all. I'm curious, do you think do you think with with the Marshan injury, things seemed kind of bleak? It seemed like, oh man, is this window closing? But now that they've got these guys back, how 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 open do you think this window is? Well, I think it's a one year window. I, I think, Jesse, that's the only I mean, literally, you know, you can only look at today, right? You can want to look for tomorrow, but that's dangerous. And I, I know I'm not, you know, Tony Robbins here or, you know, Dr. Phil or anything, but it's just, it's true. I mean, for these guys, you know, it, it's, it's just this year now. That's all it is. Cause we don't know what their cap's going to look like the year after. And they've overages and stuff. And how well are these guys going to play? I mean, I know Krejci played great in the Olympics, but can he do it again with regard to Bergeron? Holy smokes. I don't know what number center he is in the league, but he's got it. He's no question top eight, seven, maybe top five, except for the fact he's not young and can't do the crazy stuff that Connor and Nathan can do. And Austin is sick, you know, but, but Patrice can kick their ass defensively. I mean, literally he can't, you know, and that's no disrespect to them. That's just Patrice. So, you know, he should be making 8 million a year. But, you know, I, I mean, he's back for this. So, Jesse, I, I think the window is definitely open. You bring up the injury, and it's really injuries, plural. I think the biggest issue they have is the McAvoy injury, quite honestly, the way that he can control more than the pace from the back end, as much as I love Brad. And Brad is magnificent. Um, it's, it's, uh, can, can you survive without one of the top seven, eight, maybe five defensemen in the National Hockey League? and at least tread water and then make a playoff run. When I was growing up in Boston, like in 2011 and after, it felt like everybody would take a hometown deal to be on the Bruins. And that made sense. They were always in the conversation of winning the cup or being in the playoffs, but this is still happening clearly. So why do you think all these guys take pay cuts to stay in Boston? Um, <laughs> smart ass answer is because it's the best freaking city around. I can I say agree. that to you. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's, it's really just, I've worked in a couple of different places and um, I mean, it's the best in my opinion. I've worked in Chicago. I've worked in New York. I've worked in Atlanta. Atlanta sucks from a pro sports organized team, but it, Boston is the best pro sports town I find in the country. You know, people can at me too. I don't give a shit. It's fine. Um, <laughs> with regard to that, Real the, the serious answer is, um, I, I you know these are special these are special hockey players, and let's not get all sap about them because you know they're but it, it's true they they are they want to be Bruins. There's something to be said about that. They they, I think they know that winning a cup won't be easy, Sarah, but I do think they believe it. If the whole team's healthy, that they could make a run, whether it happens or not, it's going to be tough. I think you know that, but it, you know whether or not it happens. That's yet to be seen, but they want to be wearing the black and gold. 
And that's just what it comes down to. There's, there's an affection between both players and the city. I think there's a willingness to take less, to finish careers there, to both of them be only Bruins in their career and to be hit special milestones. And, and it's not so much numbers, but I do think the, the, the value, Sarah, of playing for a storied franchise for your entire career is so rare nowadays. That holds more oomph, call that for a word, than, than a lot of other things. I really do. Uh, to all of our listeners outside of Boston, it's B Jaffe on Twitter. If you want to add him about how every single city in the NHL <laughs> is not like Beantown. Um, yeah. Obviously, big change. At me, too. Yeah, at, at, hey, Rob, not just the NHL. Every, every other, every other every city, other four major sports. I mean, you can give me all the crap that you want. And it's my- <laughs> oh, you Boston folks Boston. are proud of that city. I got to tell you. Um, obviously, big change behind the bench to Jim Montgomery, new head coach who went through his personal struggles after Dallas, spent a couple years in St. Louis. And I know I, I, the one thing I found interesting was, the, you know, those personal struggles with his uh, battling with alcohol abuse. He said that was fully part of the entire interview process. But um, what do you think he brings to this team? And what have you been hearing maybe from players or people around the team uh, of what he's going to bring to this team? Well, and I've known Jim for a while, like same age, basically. Um, you know, you know him as such an amazing college player, had a, had a stellar American League career too. But um, I also have done some of his games, a couple of his games when he was at Denver as the head coach there. So I'm not going to say I know him like best buds. I'm just saying I, I know him. Like We have connection and talk to him. And he brings, boy, is he intense in a good way. He's passionate. Um He's really a guy, I think, that that does bring people together. Um, I do think he will communicate. I think communication skills are very much his strength. And I think he's got a real good eye for the game. Now, that sounds like, <laughs> way to go, Billy. That's real great analysis for what a coach <laughs> needs to be. Um, but I, I, I think that, look, of all the guys out there, and there were a couple of other good ones, but I felt that he was the best one for the organization. I did. And they got him. And I think he's got some innovative uh, techniques with regard or, or you know, innovative, maybe the wrong word. I think he's got some good progressive uh, ideas that getting the D involved, pushing pucks more, uh, looking to get more offense. Um, and with, you know, listen, with that said, I'm curious to see come September 21st, how much of the structure he keeps from the Bruins, not just Butch Cassidy days, but going back to Claude Julian days, because Butch took a lot of what Claude Im- implemented. And you want to talk about keeping your team very much in games when the structure is played well. And it wasn't sit on your heels and wait, wait, wait. But it was definitely a structure very different than a lot of other teams in their own zone. I got to tell you, man, this team last year, there were times I wasn't sure how good they were going to be. And then their goalies got going and they started making more saves. And then they didn't have to make as many saves. And you're like, this team's actually a good team. And then next thing you know, they're what, 108 points or whatever they were. I don't remember. But it was like, wow. So butcher system real good. I'm curious to see what Monty does. I really am to see that. You you mentioned Butch. I'm I'm out here in Vegas. I'm I'm curious. What do you think? What do you think that match is like in Vegas? What do you expect Bruce Cassidy to do out here? Uh I think that he is going also to bring the necessary structure that they didn't have there. 
Um, let's face facts. His biggest challenge, I think, is going to be Robin Leonard. I mean, how 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 physically able, maybe mentally able, invested, you know, is, is Leonard. I, you know, I, I think, if, is he physically ready to carry this team uh, to be able to? And Jesse, you know better than me if he is. And he can learn the system and the D can learn the structure. I think it will help his team an awful, the Vegas team an awful lot. Um, you know, Butch is real good on special teams. The special teams with the Bruins have always been excellent. Uh, uh, yeah, there was hiccups with the power play. I think that may have had something to do with losing guys like Tory Krug and David Krejci too in the last year, two seasons. Um, but I think, I think Bruce, I think he's an excellent coach. I do. I think you, you don't become a, 600 and what was it 50 win percentage coach in the last six years or something like that without being excellent i, I think he will be and i think i think for you know it's if he can get this group i, I don't see any reason jesse why they wouldn't buy in right away um I, I i think he gets them to a different level than what they saw billy jaffe the man with so many hats studio analyst for nesson host of the morning brew with jaffe and razor and uh, mayor of the city of boston uh, and maybe we'll throw in uh, oh, your head coach, of course, in in Prague uh, for your son's hockey tournament. Thanks so much for doing this. I know uh, uh, you you got a little bit of limited time because you got to go back to the ice. But thanks so much for doing this. Hey, there's a guy by the name of Punch. Punch Donut. He's one of the few that I'll do whatever for. You know, I'll, I'll, so he calls, and it happens to be in between hockey time and party time in Prague. I'm happy to do it. Ah, he's an asshole. Thanks a lot, Billy. Matt, <laughs> <laughs> you're not kidding about it. <laughs> Jeffy, talking a little Bruins. We'll get to rapid fire coming up after the break. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy-on, easy-off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com socks. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Big thanks again to Billy Jaffe for coming on and talking Bruins. Guys, your favorite time of the show and mine, the rapid fire section. Number one, the Rangers have a captain, and this is big news because they haven't had one in a while. Jacob Truba, first captain 
in four years to wear the C for the blue shirts. Um, I don't think we're going to argue too much about the choice here, guys, but are, are you in favor of teams going four years without somebody as captain? Sarah, we'll start with you. It's better than when the Canes did co-captains, when Justin Williams should have been the captain yeah. and the captains were Jordan Stahl and Justin Falk. I'll say that. It's better than that. And I think, I honestly, that grew on me because now, not the Canes situation, but the Rangers, because they are sure about this captain, right? It's not like they're picking some guy by default, which seems to happen a lot until somebody is ready. You know what? I like this. I totally agree. Um, Gerard Gallant, that's the first time I've seen him name a captain here in Vegas. They, we never had a captain when he was when he was here and, and in New York. I think I agree with Sarah. If there is an obvious captain who's actually the captain of the team before you put the C on his jersey and everyone knows that guy's the captain, name him the captain. If not, don't force it. It shouldn't be a, well, one of us has to be, throw the C on somebody. I, I totally agree that if, if you don't have someone who's actually the captain of the team, don't put the C on their chest. Rapid fire item number two, 34 years ago yesterday, uh, the guy by the name of Wayne Gretzky was traded to the LA Kings. It sparked a lot of things. It sparked expansion. It sparked uh, one of the most overused cliches in hockey. Uh, if Gretzky can traded, anybody can get traded, which uh, sparked our producer punch to say, what would Connor McDavid get in a trade market? Because remember, when Gretzky got traded, he was the best in the game, arguably already the best of all time. Could we ever see the best player in the game traded again? Jesse, we'll start with you. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's that unrealistic to expect, like, the way things have gone at Edmonton. Like, they're going good right now, but just a year ago, we were all counting the days until he demands a trade out of Edmonton. Um, I could see it. I don't know what the package would look like. With, like, six first-round picks? Seven first-round picks? I, something like that. Sarah? No, I like I'm sitting here silent because I can't imagine what the return would be. And then you got the cap space to deal with now. Um, I don't know. I'm saying I don't think that would happen. Just just to recap, back in 1988, it was Gretzky, Mike Krzyzewski, Marty McSorley heading to L.A. In return, Jimmy Carson, Martin Jelena, first round picks in 89, 91 and 93 and 15 million dollars in cash for the best player. Uh, in the game. And finally, number three, we alluded to this earlier, guys. World Juniors happening right now in Edmonton. Um, tickets are very, very, very much available. And, you know, you're seeing pictures of some pretty empty stands. I think for a couple of reasons. Obviously, the scandal has put a dark cloud over this tournament with Hockey Canada and the fact that it's in August. But do you care about the World Juniors? Sarah, I'm going to start with you because you alluded earlier that you do care about the World Juniors. Only because I'm bored and because it's, I don't know, these tournaments kind of interest me sometimes when there's some Canes players there and things like that. I don't know. It, it, I don't, I'm not really paying attention. It's just kind of, I'm interested because. It's hockey of any way, shape it, or form. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. And also because it's like particularly uninteresting this year. So I'm kind of seeing how it's all working. I don't know if that makes sense. I have no interest in it. I feel like World Juniors is supposed to happen around Christmas, and that's like the time it happens. And yeah. I wa I watch it that time of year. Like I, I talk to players about like, oh yeah, family tradition is we all have Christmas together and we watch World Juniors. Like that's where like I don't know. It'd be like if they try to throw like a college basketball tournament on in like December. It's like no, call me in March. I'll pay attention. Um, it's not the time of year for World Juniors. Something about it. I'm just not into it. That's it for me. Obviously, you know there are a lot of things surrounding the tournament, but for me, especially in Canada. We have such a finite time of really hot, nice weather. 
I'm not. Yeah. I'm not sitting inside to watch the World Juniors. Uh, wraps up another show, guys. Uh, I dare to ask Sarah for the third week in a row. You working on anything? Nope. Um, sitting tight. <laughs> Jesse, what are you working on? I am working on getting ready for vacation. I've, nice. I've got a vacation coming up this this upcoming week. So yeah, not not a whole lot on the slate. Obviously, got some stuff. I just posted a Golden Knights uh, opinion fan opinion survey. Uh, I, I hyped that last week after Negranu's uh, fiery interview, and the fans did not disappoint. They were just as angry as Daniel Negranu, so uh, that's up on the athletic. Man, did that promo clip we put up on Twitter? Did it ever get a lot of responses? And just and I love the fact that if you missed it, guys, go back and listen to last week's show, and then go and watch the the promo clip on Twitter because everyone who wanted to debate with Daniel, he debated back. He yes, he's on Twitter. Yeah. went back at him. He is a passionate. <laughs> Vegas Golden Knights fan, and he showed it last week and pretty much ever since. Guys, thanks a lot for another great show, and I want to tell everybody out there, remember, follow us on your favorite podcast platform. Don't forget to leave a rating and a review. Right now, you get an annual subscription to The Athletic for just a dollar a month for six months when you visit theathletic.com slash hockey show. We will be back next Wednesday. For Jesse, for Sarah, I'm Rob. I'll talk to you next week.